Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast, we are talking trenches as we continue our training camp positional previews. We're going up front to the offensive line, all that and more on this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's talk some linemen. Welcome in, everybody, to the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen each and every day right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team. Every day, Monday through Friday, I'm Louis DiBiase, joined as always by my co-host, Gino Camilleri. We are now only six days away from the start of Philadelphia Eagles training camp next Tuesday at the NovaCare Complex. Finally, some real football to discuss. So, Gino, today we're going to continue to positional preview this roster Going up front with the offensive line, which is, I think, the position that I worry about the least of this team throughout my entire lifetime as an Eagles fan at 26 years old. And even though I'm a younger Eagles fan, Gino, to say that is like the fact that the offensive line has been the position overall the majority of my time as a fan is the position I worry about the least is incredible. I mean, can you say another NFL team has had this kind of luxury at such a crucial spot for decades? It doesn't matter what era it is, what coach you have, what quarterback, what general manager. It just seems like this team always has it right up front. And here we are in 2023 yet again going into the league with Pro Football's number one ranked offensive line. When you look back over the last 20 years or so, Lou, we can talk about the offensive line being the staple of what makes the Philadelphia Eagles engine go. And when you look at football in and of itself, I think you become an ultimate ultimate football guy when you realize that it's offensive line and then everything else. Well, of course, quarterback, but you have to protect the quarterback. And how do you do that? It's with your offensive line. And if you look at what the Eagles have done In terms of continuity, I think that is the one place where they have done the best job. Because you look at left tackle, especially, Lou, they've only really had three guys play that position over the last 20 years. And the best best part about watching the Eagles is that it's so clear when they do have a weak link on the offensive line. If you look back just a few years ago to that Jamon Brown game when they played the Baltimore Ravens, right? And he allowed six sacks. And you're saying, no, this can't happen again. For the Eagles, they will make sure that they take swing after swing after swing at that position, unlike a lot of the teams around the league, which are Mm -hmm. coming to find out, have to be reactive. It's quarterback, offensive line, build out from there. Look at the Chiefs and what Andy Reid did after that Super Bowl where Patrick Mahomes was running for his life. He said, we're going to cut bait on a majority of this offensive line, get guys in here that really fit our philosophy offensively, and look at how good they have been. Look at what they did in the Super Bowl last year, keeping that Eagles pass rush at bay. No, absolutely, Gino. I think you could argue it's maybe the biggest reason the Eagles have been such a consistent, the most consistent NFC winner over the last century. Over all Mm. the quarterbacks you've had, the weapons, the coaching staff, the general managers, this offensive line has always been good. And here we are again. And, and, Gino, you mentioned they keep taking swings and they're always proactive versus reactive. Took me a little bit longer to stop getting annoyed by that. I wanted them to finally take other positions early in drafts, and I still do. But, you know, after seeing them select, you know, Landon Dicker, 
Dickerson and nailed that Jordan Maialata pick a while back. And, you know, overall, seeing how good and how important this offensive line has been, even in years where you don't have the best weapons or you don't have the best defense or your quarterback struggling, and yet you still make the playoffs because of this unit, I stop questioning things. Like you said, you eventually become a football guy when you realize that this is your bread and butter, even if it's not sexy. You got to have your meat and potatoes before you have those fun sides. And that's the offensive line. And the Eagles headed to 2023. Gino, I'd say three fifths of this line are not only elite, I think four fifths of it are elite, but also locked up for multiple years. I mean, you have Jordan Maialata and Landon Dickerson, which might be the best young one two punch of any offensive line. Lane Johnson's new contract keeps him here for at least a few more years. Who knows after that what he's going to do. But you've got those three here for multiple years. And the fact that you got the best center in football back for another season in Jason Kelsey, I mean, it's hard to argue, man. This offensive line looks primed yet again, even with losing Isaac Sayamalu to be, I think, the best in football. It comes on a day, too, when you hear that the Dallas Cowboys are at odds with Zach Martin, who's been their yeah. most reliable offensive lineman. Notice the Eagles are never at odds with an with a offensive lineman, ever. You pay those guys. It doesn't matter. You have to pay them. You have to give them the money. And look at Lane Johnson, Lou. He might be in the best shape of his life. He was posting yeah. out workout videos from his barn today, and the dude looks in fantastic shape. And at the offensive line, we always talk about on the interior, the defensive line, guys able to play late into their 30s. Well, the Eagles just had Jason Peters basically have to get wheeled off of the field before they let this guy go. They're going to do the same thing with Lane oh, Johnson. And Jason and Kelsey, too. Jason I mean, they Kelsey just, as every well. year, it's like, yes, you're kind of holding us hostage every year. We keep drafting linemen in the second round, like Landon Dickerson and Cam Jurgens to replace you. But to me, Gino, they have the right approach. I think they had the right approach with Jason Peters, with Lane, and with Kelsey. It's as many years as we can get elite play out of this guy. Let's do it and keep handing him contracts. And Jason Kelsey's going to be 36 by November, and yet he's still the highest paid center in the league. But it's justified, and I, I will keep paying him as long as he wants to keep coming back, and he's not dropping off. I mean, just keep holding us hostage. I think it's absolutely fine. At this position, you got to give those guys what they want, and Philadelphia does that. I'm glad you came around on that, Lou, because you were a guy who said, yeah, we yeah. can't keep doing this for a while. And then you've come around. He's yeah. he's an elite player and one that's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And you have to allow him to keep playing. But at the same time, the Eagles have done something great at this position, which I don't think they've done consistently around the board, is continue to draft a lot of guys to re-up that youth. And even in yes. the year they take Jordan Maialata, Lou, who was their first round pick? Right. Yeah. No. I mean, well, that was 2018. So it was the year after we had. It oh, was it was. Dillard. Yeah. 2019 it was, the... was my lot. Oh, okay. was the year before, but no, still the, the point yeah, remains. You still though. take a swing. Yeah. The yeah. point remains. You keep taking swings every single year and they did it again this year. They took Tyler Steen, the first pick of the third round. And I think he is an interesting situation. Is he going to play right guard this year? Is he going to be one of your main backup tackle? Cam Jurgens heading into year two now, your second mm -hmm. round pick from 2022. What are the roles for the younger players now that Isaac Sayamalu is gone, excuse me, and you have a starting position open and such an elite unit at right guard? Who are your main backups? We'll get into all that more coming up next right here on the Locked On Eagles podcast. And guys, today's show is sponsored by FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just 
bet $20 and you're going to land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. I've been all over the place with this Philadelphia Phillies team this year. I just can't get it right. Going to keep betting on them, though, up until the playoffs. That's, again, $200 that you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit that first home run, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on the MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 back in bonus bets. It's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, Eagles fans, thanks so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. It's a Wednesday edition of the show, and we're talking about the offensive line. Gino, we talked segment one, how this team is yet again set up. And again, as long as you have an elite offensive line like they do, they're always going to be a playoff contender. I mean, there have been years that really they probably shouldn't be because of their quarterback play or because of the injuries or the weapons or whatever it is, i.e. 2018, 2019, 2020, 21. And, and no matter what, it's like they're still good because when you have a Jason Kelsey and a Lane Johnson and a Jordan Maialata, Landon Dickerson holding things together, it can really elevate so much more around you. Even in the early 2000s, when Donovan McNabb has Todd Pinkston and James Thrash and Freddie Mitchell – but he had such an elite front that it's eventually if they buy you time and you can run the football like that, you're going to find weapons if you're a good quarterback. So they're set up like that again. The one spot, though, that they finally do have a question is at right guard. And they haven't had that in a long time either because you had Brandon Brooks for so long. And then Isaac Sayamalu has filled in beautifully. He was incredible last year. I think one of the most underrated players in the entire National Football League in 2022. Pittsburgh recognized that. They paid him a big contract. So suddenly, four-fifths of this line are elite, but one spot, we don't know who's going to be the starter. And Gino, it's between right now Cam Jurgens, your second-round pick, from 2022, that's the heir apparent to Jason Kelsey at center, eventually when 62 finally hangs it up. And then you have the new draft pick in the third round this year from Alabama, Tyler Steen, who was a left tackle at Bama, but they're, I think, fully expecting him to be a guard. And probably eventually, they'll, Gino, even if Jurgens wins the job this year, because we know this is not a Dickerson situation where Jurgens is going to stay at right guard, I think we know Steen is most likely supposed to be at least your long-term right guard and Jurgens your center. This year, though, it's I think may the best man win for that position. I imagine how they go about choosing offensive linemen during the draft as if they were signing the Declaration of Independence and the final sign-off, the John Hancock. Oh, yeah, I was going to say. Is from Jeff Stout. I was like, where are you going with this? But yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. It's got to have Howie Roseman's signature. Even with mm-hmm. Jurgens, they had Jason Kelsey's signature on it to sign off that he played a lot like him. But at the end of the day, it comes down to one guy making the decisions on the offensive line, and it's Jeff Stoutland. If you don't believe that Jeff Stoutland is going to find the five best guys that work together, it's like when you're playing Madden or FIFA with the ultimate team and you want to get the best group together and you can either have the green relationship, a yellow relationship, or a red relationship. You want all those greens, the guys that work together. Even though Cam Jurgens might be a little undersized, does Jeff Stoutland want the ability to get up to the second level like yeah. the guy that's playing to the left of him and Jason Kelsey? Or with Tyler Steen, do you want a young guy who you can really mold into that right guard of the future? Exactly. And he's going to bring you more power right away. 
Let's develop how he can do in the pass game. But he's versatile as well. At the same time, I think Cam Jurgens wins because, Lou, because Tyler Steen allows you to have a swing offensive yes. lineman. That's a good point. You know, is him being probably your primary tackle backup and guard mm-hmm. is going to make you, I, I get the logic and I wrote the same thing that maybe you want Steen at right guard because he's the long-term guy there anyway. And Jurgens can focus on center, but you're right too. It's like Steen is the first backup. I think if Lane Johnson gets hurt, I do not want to put mm-hmm. Jack Driscoll back at right tackle. No. Um, and so to me, I think in that way, it's easier to have Jurgens already at right guard because if Lane gets hurt and Steen's your right guard, you don't want to move Steen to tackle. Now Jurgens is up at guard. It's multiple spots to move rather than just one, which Philadelphia doesn't prefer to really do. So mm-hmm. I think in that way, Jurgens is probably a favorite. The athleticism, as you mentioned, he's not much smaller than what Sayamalu was at, what, 315 pounds. I think he's trying to bulk up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just think, too, they don't want Jurgens to, you know, Steen's the long-term right guard, but Jurgens' role long-term, I think, is more important, Gino. You know, I don't think they want Jason Kelsey's replacement to not play football for two straight years. I don't I don't think that's something – and, again, they couldn't predict when Kelsey was going to retire, so I'm sure that wasn't part of the plan when they drafted Jurgens. but I don't think they want him redshirted for two straight years. And I think a great way to help get him acclimated to the National Football League and potentially taking over that center position in the future – is to have him in there next to Jason Kelsey, say, hearing the call right next to the guy that you're replacing. Yeah, for sure. Hear him make the calls. Hear Jalen make the calls. Hear how the protections work. Figure out the right side of the offensive line because a lot of what they do, Lou, it's those three man offensive line games where they like to pull the two inside guys, yeah. let Lane or let Jordan be the end man on the line, take out the defensive end. You two get up to the next level. Well, Cam, you're probably going to be doing that with Lane Johnson moving forward for at least a couple years. So let him get familiar. And right now, Lou, I love having Tyler Steen as your potential backup tackle because of what he did at Alabama last year. Mm-hmm. I talked about having to figure out how he can do well in the pass game at guard. Well, he was pass setting all the time at Alabama and didn't allow a oh, ton yeah. of sacks. So if he has to come in and spot moments, I trust him more than Jack Driscoll, who we have seen be better at guard than at tackle. Then outside of them, Lou, the depth, it's going to get interesting because do you keep Cameron Tom, who's just a pure center? Do you keep Sue Opeta, who I think is probably the next man up at that guard position? Then yeah. you have a lot of guys that have been around. Josh Sills and Brett Toth have both been on and off the roster. But up front, I think you have to have a solid seven. And right now, I, I think they're solid with the seven that they do have outside of the top five guys behind them. You're either going to have Jurgens or Steen. And yes. then Jack Driscoll is your other swing yeah, type those of your, player. Yeah, those are your two swing guys. Like, let's say hypothetically, Jurgens wins the job at right guard. Yeah, Steen. I think Steen's probably your primary backup at both guard and tackle. Mm-hmm. Then you have Jack Driscoll. You got Suo Peta. You've got Brett Toth. Probably makes this roster because he I'd plays say, tackle. I think just because he plays yeah. tackle, it's a numbers game. And at that point, we're at nine already. Do you keep a tenth? You know, yesterday we we're talking about tight end, and you mentioned the idea. Maybe you go lighter at tight end. Instead of keeping a Jack Stoll, you keep an mm-hmm. extra lineman. Maybe one of those young kids ends up making this team. But yeah, I think overall, though, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the depth. It's definitely younger, but I think it's more versatile, Gino, you know, that it was over the past few years. Because you're going Steen to have a and lot Driscoll to and Jurgens yeah. all can play multiple spots. Without Whereas Andre Dillard, I wasn't confident in anything except for left tackle. 
He did play guard. You have to give him his credit there. I, I thought he point. adapted yeah. well. And couldn't play right tackle to save his life, though. No, he couldn't. But we'll see what their plan is. Do they want to keep four guys that are versatile and maybe one backup yeah. center, which they usually tend to do? Because like you said, Lou, if Jason Kelsey goes down, God forbid, and Cam Jurgens is already at right guard, Ooh, do you want to move Cam and then yeah. figure it out? Or do you just put Cameron Tom in there, who is the next guy up at center. See, see, Gino, normally, like I was saying, I was thinking, because the Eagles normally don't like to switch two spots on the offensive line when there's an injury. After 2013, they do not, no. Right. So, and I probably would say that if, like, let's say Steen was playing right guard and Lane got hurt, I don't think they'd go Juergens right guard, Steen slides over to tackle. That might be more they push Jack Driscoll at right tackle. Mm -hmm. But I will say in the scenario where, let's say, Juergens wins right guard and Kelsey gets hurt at center, that's a spot I do want Jurgens moving over and then kicking Steen inside at right guard. That's not a spot that I'm like, don't move multiple players. To me, that Jurgens should be your primary center backup no matter what. That's fair. And yeah. it'll be an interesting philosophical discussion if that ever does happen. But yeah. Jason Kelsey, he's an Iron Man. There's a reason that he's back. You have to be happy yeah. with the four guys that you have up front. And like you said, made the best man win at that position. And I right. think it's going to be the best of both worlds with these guys that you can do a lot of different it's the same things. Man, it's not and... one I trust. I don't know how they're going to do this. I don't know what the plan is with injuries, who plays right guard, what the long-term plan is. But if there's anything I trust, it's that Jeff Stoutland's going to figure this out. And even if there's players that I'm not really familiar with, and I, even if I'm not concerned or I am concerned about like the youth uh, on the bench with the offensive line, Jeff Stoutland always seems to figure it out, man. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. So, and I mean, he should get a blank check for as long as he wants to coach. Yeah, there's a reason that he's still here and he didn't go back to Alabama because the Eagles paid him that much they money. Gave they gave him a bag. <laughs> they yeah. dropped the Brinks truck on this guy. But like you but said, it was there's, worth every penny. There's a lot of depth back there, and it'll be cool too to see how they navigate this throughout the season as well, who they bring in. It seems like Brett Toth has 27 lives at this point. They keep bringing him he's back. He's the new Julian Vanderveld. He is. Know. You got young guys like Chimo Corpor who are undrafted free agents. Let's see how they yeah. do. They've kept undrafted free agents on the offensive line in the past. That's something you have to take into account as well. But this is going to be one where these guys are going to get a lot, a lot of work in the preseason because I'm not putting Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Jordan Mailata, or Landon Dickerson anywhere on a football field till week one of the regular season. Oh, I agree. I agree. These guys are going to get a lot of work. You're going to see how Steen looks and Jurgens. Mm-hmm. It's easily the biggest roster battle, or I should say starting battle, Gino. I don't even know if there yep. really is another one you could argue on either side of the ball that's that's like this at right guard. And I will say, you know, we mentioned it earlier, the Landon Dickerson pick and the Cam Jurgens pick at the time bothered me for a few reasons. But I, at this point, looking back, I'm never going to question this team again when it comes to the trenches. I think it's so smart to be proactive at these spots, even though you're trying to find a role for Jurgens right now. Landon Dickerson turned out to be an elite left guard, but he wasn't that's not what you drafted him to be. Dickerson, people forget, was supposed to be Kelsey's replacement mm-hmm. before Jurgens was. And so you had to kind of switch up on the fly. But I don't think it's a bad thing, Gino, when Jason Kelsey's future truly has been unpredictable every single year. And the worst case scenario, 
I mean, it, well, not even worst case, but what's happened is, oh no, the best center in football keeps coming back. Let's just keep moving these really good young players around. And we have the luxury now of having depth. They're versatile. We can use them at different spots. And then when Kelsey is eventually gone, now we have options. So, you know, at the time I wanted them to start investing these premier draft picks, and I still do at some other positions, like in the secondary for sure is the one I always highlighted. But I'll never question this team ever again for investing in the trenches because they have the Eagles set up to look like this on the offensive line. And again, I'll say that's the main reason over anything why this team has been so good my entire lifetime. And at the same time, you have to look at not just happens when not just what happens when those guys are in Philadelphia. Like you look yeah. at Big V and Isaac, they win Super Bowls, right? But look what happens when they leave. You get compensatory selections for these guys because around yeah. the National Football League, whether you like it or not, not every team has a Jeff Stoutland. Not every team can evaluate offensive line talent as well as the Philadelphia yeah, Eagles. That, no, you're right. That's why a Big V becomes a starter and Andre Dillard this year. Mm-hmm. And why does Andy Weidel go to Pittsburgh and bring in Isaac Sayamalu? Because he could trust that guy. There's not many offensive linemen around the league that you trust. As you see how many guys are drafted every single year high and how many guys are turned over every single year. Look at the Jets. Look at Mekhi Becton, the value that they put into a draft that's there. That's kind of the craziest part of this is a lot of these players the Eagles have turned into studs were not the day one picks. No, Isaac Sayamalu was the forgotten man in that Carson yeah, Wentz. Lane track. Johnson's the only day one pick, actually, of this mm-hmm. elite offensive line, which is inc- – I mean, Landon Dickerson's a second-rounder, and Jurgens in his own right, second-rounder, Steen a third. They're not like seventh-round picks, but one first-round selection on the best offensive line in football says a lot. Jeff Stoutland can do a lot with a little more than yeah. most guys can, and the best thing about Jeff is that if you bring them in willing to learn – and especially a guy like Tyler Steen and even Cam Jurgens as well, but more Steen because he's been around Saban. He knows how he's going to be yeah. coached. He knows what he is walking into. He knows the opportunity that is there, Lou, because look at the guys that were there before him. It was Isaac Sayamalu, Super Bowl winner, Brandon Brooks, multiple-time All-Pro guard. They need a guy that they can trust there, and they're trying to figure it out. And right now, with investing what they have, and having the reinforcements that they do, man, it's okay that only four of the five guys are returning. That's pretty good. But that yeah. 20%, I trust Jeff Stoutland and company to get it done. Absolutely. That's going to do it for today's edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. We're going to go to the defensive side of the football tomorrow as we continue our positional previews. Eagles training camp less than one week away. We got you covered right here on your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Shout out to our everydayers. Until tomorrow, follow us on Twitter at LockdownBirds, at DiBiase, LOE, and at GC24 underscore football. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off to Lockdown Eagles. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching and listening, and let's go, Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.